Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Jennifer Alemani as our special guest. Born in Brooklyn, New York, Jennifer is Latin American with a background from Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Cuba. She was the first graduate from college in her family with an associate degree in early childhood education from SUNY Cobbleskill and a bachelor's degree in psychology from Brooklyn College. After losing the love of her life two and a half years ago, she began to transform her life through loss and her first book, Mark My Love, was born. She speaks openly about grieving, about her grieving process and being okay with not being okay. In her memoir, she explores love, loss, and looking at life differently. Optimal wellness is also important to Jennifer, who's been practicing yoga for 13 years. Jennifer is a Reiki master, a spiritualist, and has been meditating for over 11 years. She currently lives in New York City with her dog, Leo Luna. Jennifer, thank you so much for being a guest in our podcast. And we always like to start by asking what you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking. Well, I generally go into meditation. I think that's uh, that's been my guiding light uh, for the past about three years. Um, I, if I'm confused with something or if I need guidance, I, I always go to, to meditation. Um, and there's also actually one book, um, The Path Made Clear. I also go to that book. I tend to just open it up. Um, wherever it lands, and I kind of read where uh, where I'm guided to. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer, how we talk, quite a few of our guests talk about meditation, and I know it feels sometimes elusive for people to like, I don't know if I could sit there for an hour. What, like, oh, I don't know. What kind of, if someone's starting meditation, what would you recommend how they get started? I always say to start small. I want to say five minutes uh, is enough of sitting uh, still. I think that we tend to put a lot on ourselves as a, as a society and we want to get to that hour long meditation and so on. So I always tell people start small, you know, five minutes of just being quiet with yourself and you'll start to notice the time starts expanding on its own. I think that's what um, happened on my journey. Um, But also give yourself grace if you don't get there right away. Just give yourself a break. Go back to five minutes every single day. And I think just showing up in that way um, will get, get you where you need to be. Yeah, we, we've we talked about before, too, the whole just a small habit, just a tiny thing to do. So when you say five minutes, Jennifer, it's like, I could do five minutes. It's just five minutes. That's like a commercial break or in between my streaming. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm streaming something and just give myself a five minute break would be awesome. Um, What do you think meditation has done for you? Like what are some of the benefits that you've seen with meditating? Yeah, I think it's calmed my mind a lot. I used to be um, the average overthinker, so I would analyze everything. Um, my my professional career, I was an HR professional for about 22 years. Um, mm. So I was engrossed in analyzing um, so many different things in different ways professionally. So I, I know that I was doing that in my own um, personal life. Um, so I want to say meditation has stopped me from overthinking things and analyzing things. And it's kind of it showed me to kind of go with my gut when I'm feeling something also. I like first, uh, congratulations for being in HR for that long. You should, (laughs) we should all get medals for that long. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you, if you want a career where you can overanalyze, you can go to HR because there's never quite an answer, right? You're like, well, let me think about it. And then one more thing happened. And what about this? And humans really allow us to overanalyze a lot when you're trying to think through situations with human beings. So um, congratulations for getting out, Jennifer. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so let's talk about kind of the, the decision or, or something that happened in your life that changed the trajectory of your life. And what are some of those charged qualities that you use to help you through that? Yeah, my, my boyfriend passed away um, about two and a half years ago now. Um, and when I, when I had that loss in my life, it kind of shook me, I want to say, into place. I felt like um, for a while I had been wondering what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that my career wasn't fulfilling that. Um, there was a lot of things I was wondering about, about life. I had lost my mother about 13 years prior to this, this last, uh, loss. Um, so I want to say I didn't, I didn't realize a lot of, I thought I was living. I want to say the entire time that my mother was gone, but I realized with this last loss, I realized I wasn't really living quite a full life. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Tell us about like what, so I first, I'm sorry for your loss and and thank you for for sharing it because so many people, especially now with COVID have lost loved ones. And I know lots of people are struggling around that. So I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. You, you, what did it mean? Like, how did you realize that I wasn't really living the, the fulfilled life? Like maybe kind of unpack that a bit for us. Yeah, I think I think I discovered um, through the loss. I I didn't have complete self love of myself um, mm-hmm. for a very long time, um, mm-hmm. and I think I discovered that when I was going through my grieving process, I, I noticed I was I was trying to take care of myself a little better uh, in every which way, whether it be mind, body, spirit, connectivity. Um, but I realized I had put certain things on halt, and I want to say with my and my voice in itself too, I had. I squashed, I think, a lot of what I was feeling um, after losing my mother. So I wasn't quite, you know, that's how I put it. I wasn't quite living the full, honest life um, with myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So do you feel like you were living an an honest life before your mom passed? And then after your mom passed, you weren't? Or it was kind of the entire time and it started to come into focus with the passing of your boyfriend? Like, yeah, take us back a little bit. It, Came, it came more into focus um, when my boyfriend passed. I think um, before my mom had passed, I was living, I want to say, a fuller life. I was I was able to experience emotions because she was in my life, I want to say. And when she left, because she was a single parent, right? So she was 
my mom, my dad, and my my best friend. So when she left my life, it was multiple people I felt, you know, were gone. So that was kind of a reformatting of my life at that point. Um, I was about 33 years old when she passed. And, you know, I was a grown adult. But when you have this person who takes up takes up different roles in your life. It's, it's a lot when they're gone. So I kind of, I think I did a reformatting of my life, but I didn't quite get out of the grief at that point. I think I was swallowing myself in the grief and the sadness and I didn't want to see like light again. I want to say that's how I kind of put it. And I think with this last loss, when my boyfriend passed away, I knew I felt it that they, I want to say they, the spiritual side, you know, however you want to look at that. Um, they were telling me it was time to come into the light again, that I, I, I suppressed a lot of different things with my mother's passing. And I felt like they didn't want me to do this again. Mm. What, what did you, did you feel after your mom's passing that you were like, like you weren't suppressing everything or did you kind of know Jennifer that like, I don't know if I'm fully dealing with it. Like how aware were you of it in during that time? Yeah, I think at times I realized I wasn't fully aware that I was suppressing it. Yeah. But then but then I think at other times I drowned myself in work or things around me, responsibilities, so then it was easy not to acknowledge that I wasn't really facing it. Mhm. And so then when your boyfriend passed, what kind of cuz you could have gone back to the same place, right? You didn't have to fully kind of realize everything with with the the passing of him. What kind of change that and for you to say, I really need to examine everything. I think, you know, when, when he passed, I started journaling about, you know, I want to say three months after he passed. Um, but the journaling was different for me. It was, it was, I was writing a lot faster. A lot of different things were coming out about, you know, my mother's passing Mm. about my own self-love that I realized I didn't fully give myself. Um, but a lot of my voice was coming out in a different way where I realized I don't think I've been truthful to a lot of people around me about certain things and how I was feeling or truthful with myself. So I think because that journaling was coming out so quickly, I knew, okay, we, I need to re-examine things in my life a little bit because I, I knew it was coming from another side, I want to say, because it was so cathartic and, and raw the way it was coming out. What you mentioned that self-love part. And so what, what, how did you notice that, that I'm not taking care of myself or I'm not giving myself that self-love? And then what are some of the changes you made to, to, um, maximize your self-love and feel in a comfortable place? Yeah, I think, I think I realized I wasn't putting myself first a lot. I think, um, you know, I think I saw my mother do that her entire life, you know, because she was a single mom and it was what it was, but I think I, I, I took on habits of doing that myself and kind of caring for those around me and putting them first. Mm. And I realized like my own needs and whatever I was feeling about things, I was, I was putting it on the back burner. So I think that was that self-love realization, like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, and I also discovered that, um, I want to realize, I realized, you know, people were criticizing me a lot in my life when I was younger about my weight, um, Mm. and things like, and things like that. So I realized also there was a lot of self-esteem damage that had been done very early on in life that, I knew was around. It always hung out with me for my entire life, but I realized, oh, I needed to, to kind of deal with that once, once and for all. Um, so that, that came out into play too. I, I love how you said, um, it hung around with me, right? Cause that's kind of what it is. It's like a friend you don't really want, but they still keep hanging around. 
And it's like that voice that keeps saying it. And you're like, you can leave now. Like you can go. Um, the, the self-love I was thinking, putting yourself, putting yourself last Jennifer, boy, you took, you chose a good career to do that HR. Cause most HR people will put themselves last, right? Cause you have to do so many things for other people first. Um, so it's kind of a good profession if you want to put yourself last, um, to, to go into, cause yeah. you, you no one. I mean, does anyone care about us in HR, Jennifer? No. No, no. And it's, it's a, and it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, right? You want to, yeah. <laughs> you want to, you want to be hopeful with the future about the career and all of that. And it's, you know, it's, it has, it has its moments, you know, I want to say, but you're always the last as always, yeah. like you're not taken care of. It's like, and you're always that, that way, right? Who cares? Yep. Who cares about HR? Yeah. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> what, um, <clears throat> I was going to say, so now you, so now you've kind of addressed this 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 naughty friend of of uh, hearing about weight and weight gain and things like that, and, and that's not a good friend to have. And you're deciding I'm not really putting myself first. And you mentioned the truth that you started speaking more truth to people and maybe upsetting people. What did that look like, Jennifer? If you did you not? I mean, confront's kind of a harsh term, but like, did you talk to people and like say no? This is kind of, did you shed people from your life? Like, what did that look like when you decided to speak more yeah, to the I, truth? Yeah, I had, I had a few conversations. Um, cause I, I had to, cause I realized I, I was squashing my voice with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a, a, a few key conversations that, you know, that I needed for my own healing. Right. So it was kind of part of it. Um, and you know, I want to say relationships may have, you know, taken the back burner. I want to say with that because of a difference, differences of now, people are seeing me differently. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm also being truth to myself. So I had to, I had to be honest with a lot of different folks, um, mm-hmm. you know, around me. And it's kind of, I want to say it's part of the rebuild, right. I think, you know, I, I had trauma that happened in my life in 2019 and, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough road. Right. And then COVID came on top of that in 2020. So it's been a rough road for a lot of different folks for different reasons. So me being honest with myself, I had to be honest with those around me. Mm. Did you notice Jennifer with being honest, was there someone kind of a relationship that surprised you? That's even stronger by you being vulnerable and kind of talking about what's happened. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say, so I had, I had a few of those where people were just opening up a little bit more to me because I was so open and I think it's, it's changed how they're viewing their own life and how they're moving things forward for themselves. So you know, I, I think me being vulnerable, you know, benefited myself as well as others, you know, around me. Yeah, I, I do. It's, it's a scary place to be, to be vulnerable. But once you, what we found, especially doing these podcasts, once people do that, it's amazing how many other people say, oh yeah, and me too. And me too. And this happened and oh yeah. And how much more they like you because you are not, you have this vulnerability and, and you shared these things with them. How, how hard was it for you to do this, Jennifer? Like if we think about the, the charge qualities, I'm assuming you're taking a lot of, um, see courage and our resilience, but like, what are some of those qualities that helped you through this? Yeah, I think the courage to, to be vulnerable. I think that was a mm-hmm. hard one for me because I'm, I'm generally a private person. I always have been right. So I wasn't out on social media, anything like that. It's not a space that I feel comfortable with, but I knew, I knew with me being uncomfortable that it would, it may help other people grow in that space too. So I kind of, I took all the courage I had inside me, I want to say, and I said, you know what, I'm going to 
throw caution to the wind and kind of do something different. And I just jumped into the end of the pool and started it, I want to say. So I kind of, I took whatever pain I had experienced over the last two and a half years and I, I just allowed it to fuel me in a different way. Mm. I think it's people that I know a lot of very private people and um, they would have a hard time with sharing. And so did it take, how did you kind of get yourself? I know it took a lot of courage and you said you kind of used it as fuel, but like practically how did you, did you feel sick before you were going to share it? Did you say like, this is enough now I'm going to do it. Like, how did you actually psych yourself up, meditate on it? How'd you psych yourself up to do it? Yeah, it, it was a roller coaster of emotions. Cause I, I was, I was done. I was done writing everything. I probably want to say five months after he had passed. So I was done. I was done at, at the end of 2019, but I took all of 2020 to decide would I publish this intimate story. Wow. Um, and that, and it took me the entire year because I, I went back and forth. I went wow. back and forth with it. I got sick. Like you said, I felt sick about it. I was like, I can't do this. Then I felt like, no, I need to do this. And, you know, so it took the entire year for me to get there. And then I, I kept getting, when I meditated on it, I kept getting the feeling, well, you're meant to do this. You're meant to share the story with others um, in the way that you're doing it. So I, I decided, all right, I'm going to do it. Wow. I, I appreciate that it took you that long because it sometimes it doesn't happen for people like overnight, like I'm going to do it. Right. We talked to someone else who they posted it that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, it depends on who you are. And for you, it's like, I struggled for a year. Did you talk to a lot of people, Jennifer, or because you're so private, you're like, I'm keeping it private and I have to struggle within myself. Or did you have kind of anyone kind of coaching you and, and talking to you? Yeah, no, I kept it. I kept it private um, because I'm that private person. So I, <laughs> I, I went that same same route, and then I, I said to myself, "Well, I'll, I'll see what conclusion I come to." <laughs> and I, you know, and I did it. But I think, you know, I, I, I read the book o- over that year. I read the book a lot, right? So I think that it also helped me get through some things I needed to get through. I was crying a lot, you know, after reading it back to myself, you know. Yeah. So I think it, it got me to a different place where I needed to be, you know, I want to say I, I was free. I was free once I was done with it and, and reading. And I want to say the last time I read it before it went, before I, I clicked, clicked send to the publisher, it was, um, I felt sick, like literally after I read it. Yeah. And then I, I knew, okay, it, it's good to go. That's, I just felt it at that point. I adore that you said, I feel free like that is amazing to not have that weight on you and to let it go and to be free. And what, what has it looked like on the other side? So you had this whole year of, Oh, do I do it? Do I, don't I, Oh, I got to send it to the, I send it to the publisher. Yay. Um, what does the other side look like for you? It's been, you know, I, I think I wonder now, why did I keep myself in such, I want to say a prison, <laughs> a prison within myself, right? I'm just being honest. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, oh, wow, you know, things are easier for me. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not overthinking things at all. I, I think I'm making decisions faster. I, I'm just in tune with myself a little bit more than I have been in my entire life. So it's kind of, you know, putting this all in writing and putting everything out there gave me that freedom. I want to say that now the second part of my life going forward is going to be a lot different because of it. Mm. I first, Jennifer, I was thinking about that even this morning. I'm like, 
man, I would have killed it in my twenties if I were this smart as I am now. You know what I mean? Like, right? You're like, yeah. wow. You're like, I wouldn't have made those dumb dating decisions. I would have like really. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, but here's where we're at. And so it took this amount of time to to figure that out. And everyone, as you well know, being in yoga, and what do we say? Like, it's your journey, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why I love yoga. It's like, you're at where you're at. And so how do you manage through it? What, what advice do you have for people, Jennifer? Again, we you know mentioned earlier, so many people have dealt with loss with, with just COVID. And then there's other things that have happened to people um, and there's mental health issues. And so how there's a lot of people who have lost. What advice do you have for people who are managing um, a loss through this? I would say, you know, to get out in nature a little bit. I, I think that helped me walking um, out by the water and then out by under the trees and hanging out, you know, just in nature. I, I want to say it gave me a sense of calmness, mm. but it, but also for me, it, you know, I, I felt connected with my lost loved ones just a little bit more when I was outside in nature. So that's always one piece of advice um, that I tell folks that are, you know, grieving, you know, and experiencing loss and, and, and it's lost in different ways. You know, it's not always just the loss of a person. It could be you know, the loss of, of, of a marriage, the loss of a job, you know, we all go through so many different things in life. Um, but I want to say getting out and walking a little bit, get out in nature. I love there's, um, my son went to a Waldorf school and, uh, nature is such a big part of it. And uh, so many research studies are talking about going out in nature and refreshing your brain and just walking around the block at noon. If we're all in places where you could do that. Um, but that just getting outside and being with nature is so impactful for the brain. And then the one I love, Jennifer, I don't know if you've seen this one, um, is how humbling nature can be too, because you realize, wow, especially if you're around mountains, um, look at those mountains. They're mm-hmm. here long before I was, they will be here long after and they're giant. And it makes you in way humble because you realize it's not all about you. There's like lots of other forces around. Um, yeah, and, and, na- and nature exists all on its own, you know, without yes. us even without, with that stillness, right. It just exists all together. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, I really appreciate that advice. We haven't had the nature advice yet, Jennifer. So I really like that. Um, Kelly, I, I, I'm going to totally out you because we might have talked about Kelly having a bad night's sleep. And she's like, I don't even want to tell you why, because I was just overanalyzing something stupid. And she had a bad night's sleep because of it. So Kelly, I know Jennifer's overanalyzing spoke to you so, so much. I guarantee it. It sure did. It sure did. I have a half a dozen things like meditation. Yes, I've been told you should meditate. There's many, many apps for that and five minutes. And uh, I think I will put some of what you've mentioned into practice, Jennifer, just for the, just for the reasons that you mentioned in your, the practical aspects of how it's really benefited you. Um, Just even how you are, you present yourself on, on this episode is incredibly moving to me. Um, so whether you realize that or not, I don't know if you've ever been given that feedback, but um, the clarity that you that you provide, the sense of calm that you you speak with is incredibly soothing almost to uh-huh. to me. So thank you, thank you. I, I've been told that before. I, I want to say a couple of episodes that I've um, I've recorded. Sometimes that the the hosts have gotten choked up, you know, where they were um, they were just moved, where they were crying at times. So. 
I've uh, I've been told this before, so uh, I, I I look at it as, as as like a gift. If I can help others heal a little bit in any which way, you know, I'm I'm glad that my voice is doing that. Absolutely, and that you're paying it forward. You're taking something that's incredibly, you know, painful in in, in having the loss of of a mother who meant so much to you and provided and was such a important role model in your life. Um, and then the loss of your boyfriend, um, who again, really important in your life that you've been able to turn it into this force for good and share a very poignant story about it. Um, we'll inc- certainly incorporate the link to, to your book, um, in the, in the show notes. So all of our listeners can, um, absolutely download it or, or access it and, and buy it for sure. Um, I'm wondering what is one of the, your most favorite things about the book? I think that it that it gives that sense of freedom that it shows people you know I I needed that freedom and and if, if people can take get that takeaway from it in their own life I think that's that's the biggest uh, piece of it for me. Was there anything that surprised you as you were writing it? Anything that you unexpected? Uh, I think that me being honest about my um, my just myself myself body image issues you know since I was young mm-hmm. I think that wasn't something that. I generally shared it all. Um, very few folks know about that in my life. So I think um, that coming out and me just throwing it out there, um, that also was, that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. And well, in this, in this day and age too, where we have Instagram and people who are looking at images of people who are Photoshopped and um, airbrushed, it, it leaves people feeling very low and feeling like there's a certain level of perfection that they have to attain. And you'll never, unless you're a size two or zero or double zero, whatever it is, that will never be enough. Um, I think that's an incredibly powerful, um, powerful thing to note for sure. Um, and then one last question for you, as you were having the, the key conversations, as you noted with the, the individuals that you, you felt you really wanted to be more honest with, did those relationships strengthen as a result of the conversations um, or, or did, or did they not? Um, I want to say they, they didn't strengthen as much. Um, But I think, I think, you know, I think during the conversations, there was so much learned by the conversations that I'm hope that there, there'll be growth, you know, for the relationships in the future, if that makes sense. I still, I'm hopeful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if nothing else, I think what you emphasize most is that you did it for yourself, if for no other reason than you gave your, you, where you previously squashed your voice or suppressed your voice, you gave your voice a chance to speak. And you um, were able to have conversations that you previously had never had before with people that were important to you um, to set the record straight and like you said, it's it, everyone has a journey, and so you it was important for you. And so um, I applaud you for being able to summon up the courage because some people never get there; they never do it, they never find that voice. And so the fact that you've done it um, is is incredibly powerful. And I just uh, applaud you for the work that you've done for keeping it inside, really, and and um, kind of not sharing the book for an entire year, and then realizing, okay, I'm going to go ahead and release it. I mean, what an amazing experience. Um, but I look forward to reading it. And I will certainly make sure that uh, 
everyone has access to all of your information in our show notes, Jennifer, and we certainly recommend that everyone does um, access all of your information and certainly checks out your website as well as um, all of your social media channels um, for all of your great information and certainly reaches out and connects with you. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your very powerful story with us. Um, and we wish you all the, all the best going forward. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.